the opportunity to fundraise differently or raise money differently has been out there. But the COVID situation has been nothing more than a nightmare from a nonprofit perspective. And I think I'm speaking from every nonprofit out there because we're so event-driven in a lot of these, these components. And, and the work that we do is personal, one-to-one, where we're working with cancer patients. just a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit no matter what financial shape you're in now. The question is, why is charitable giving more important now than ever before? This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all our questions and to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, The Retirement Trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, good morning, Leanne. Good. It's cold. It's uh, December leading up. We got one week till Christmas and... um, Time to get ready for Santa. Yeah. And that also brings us to talking about exactly what we're going to talk about today, charities and people at year end. A lot of us um, would normally be involved in a lot more than we're involved this year. Mm -hmm. But why don't you uh, give us a little... Why is it so important? Well, I mean... As we all know, this between Thanksgiving and and the New Year, I mean, it's it's the the season of giving, right? I mean, it's it's just that time of the year in 2020. I mean, this has been more challenging than you know years past by by far, and uh, you know it's it's affected families, businesses. You know, businesses have have shut down uh, not because they wanted to, but because the government told us that that we had to. Um, some will never reopen again. Estimates are in the the tens of thousands. You know, so that affects people's employment. Um, and that has had an effect on everything to include charities because, you know, not only are people not able to give, but the the strain and stress on charities because people need more help than ever, right? And so, you know, not to, to paint a picture of doom and gloom, all right, but let's look at it as the glass is half full. You know, uh, the reason I say it is, you know, a lot of people are rising to the occasion. You know, they're stepping up, they're helping the um, the, the food banks because a lot of the shelves are bare. I mean, as a matter of fact, we're doing that the, the ton of food raise, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And we're getting pretty close to raising that 2,000 pounds to the local food bank here. And there's a lot of people out there doing an awful lot of good. Um, and today we actually have a, a guest on our podcast. Um, he's been here before. Mr. Uh, Pat Poole, welcome. Thank you for joining us again. Good morning. Thanks for having me. 
Um, you know, not to kind of overstate a little bit, but you and your better half, Shannon, uh, <laughs> you guys have really, uh, you're one of the people that I talked about. Um, you have stepped up, but you didn't just do it this year. You've been doing it for, for well over 13 years. I think actually longer than that, if I remember right. You were on the show this time last year. I think it was podcast number 12 or 13 or something like that. And talking about what you guys do, you're one of the founders of Families for a Cure, and I always kind of explain it, and I don't do it justice, but it's you're kind of like a local Make-A-Wish Foundation, but so much more. You do so much more than just make that wish. You help families, and in the need in the community, you know, right here in Columbus, Ohio, is is so great. So we really appreciate everything that you do and for being here today. Thanks for joining us, Pat. Thank you. Glad How's everything going? Doing all right. We're doing all right. It is December, as you mentioned. It's December. It's cold outside, and I'm not sure the last time I left these four walls were, but our family is good, healthy, and blessed, and so I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> it absolutely, and and we're practicing social distancing. You're actually joining us by phone uh, today, so you know there there may be some dog barking in the background. Is that <laughs> do I understand that right? <laughs> to add to your many talents, Pat, you, you're also you coach your kids. So I, I'm I'm just gonna. How are you doing? As far are you still coaching? Are you basketball, soccer? We are. We made it through. So the boys each play. Uh, one of them is soccer player, and one of them is cross country, and they both made it through their fall season uh, and had, had really good success. It was fun tonight. It was nice to get out and see that day and just feel a little bit normal for a while. I know that gets overstated so often, but you don't realize how much sitting and watching your kids uh, compete is normal. And then I also coach basketball at the high school level, and we have our first game uh, tomorrow. So our season's been delayed. We do. We're, we're going to play. Uh, so we're excited about that. Like I said, we would normally have started about two weeks ago. Um, and for lots of reasons there, we paused and delayed. And our practices have kind of gone from all in to small pods to kind of back in. And, and the last two weeks, we got to go ahead that our conference is going to play. So I'm excited uh, for the season. And we'll what conference are you in? We're in the OCC. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. And we're, we're in the Capital Conference. We're, we're in what I refer to the gauntlet. We've got uh, a, a lot of a lot of competition in, in our conference. It's stacked. That's a great gift that yeah. they're going to have a oh, season. Absolutely. I'm extremely excited for you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But why don't you do me a favor and, and explain to everybody, because again, I know we uh, people that are familiar with Families for a Cure, I just want to touch base on those that don't know Families for a Cure, who you are, what you do. Absolutely. I'll do that. So, so, so Families for a Cure is a, a volunteer-run nonprofit that's based in Columbus, Ohio. We support cancer research and patient care programs, and we do that in a couple different ways. One of the things that we're really good at doing is is raising money through events that, that we have with our supporters, for them as our family members, but then we, we use that money to then partner with other organizations in the area uh, who have staff and have direct connection to cancer patients directly to to fund uh, some of their programs. And we try and really focus our work with them on startup programs or programs that they need more funding to maintain and make sure they're delivering the benefits they're promising to cancer patients on it uh, from that perspective. So and what we try and do is really look at on the experience side of, of the, the giving. There's working with groups there so we can help provide relief to a family, whether it's sending them off to a camp or providing a holiday party or some summer fun party there, taking them to Busy Bay, 
we're looking for organizations that are that are, are looking to do on the experience side. We also uh, partner with a lot of the research organizations. We've got a couple of great hospitals here in Columbus, Ohio, the Ohio State uh, James Cancer Hospital, and the Nationwide Children's Hospital, uh, where we're doing research grants with them. We also do some work with St. Jude's, where we're funding research and patient ex- uh, work on the the, uh, the care side, or you know, we're working directly with patients to make sure they're getting getting the, the support that they need there. And then, Ed, you mentioned we're kind of like a Make a Wish. Because we're, we're volunteer run, we've chosen the model to partner with other organizations and, and work on just that donor designated gift there and controlling how we're giving the money so we can see the end benefits there. A couple of years back, we decided to start our own program and we call it the Allison Orlando Wood Patient Experience Grant. And ultimately what that is, is that we, we offer or people can recommend or nominate a cancer patient who they want to provide an experience to. And then we'll work to, to provide that experience to them. So things, uh, you know, some gifts that we've done is uh, we kind of family. The family's going over to Germany because one of the father of the, the family there, uh, the cancer patient is going over there for a trial program to help with this cancer and, and treat there. We sent the fam- the whole family is going over there. We sent them on experience. They went and toured some soccer stadiums. We did some cool things while they are there. So we really are like an additive component when we talk about our experience grants, the things that people are doing. They're going on a vacation. We, we make it 10 times better. And that's how we try and use a dollar to create those experiences. And sometimes we're funding the whole experience. It just really depends upon what folks want to do. Uh, but that's what we use with the Alice in Orlando Wood Patient Experience Grant. And we, we do those programs throughout the entire year. That is awesome. Thank you. Well, and, and you know, full, full disclosure, we actually uh, met you guys through because of family and friends that, that you helped uh, in the past. And, you know, so we've personally been positively affected by families for a Touched cure. So what, what um, done. yeah, so we know firsthand the good works that you guys do. So if you don't mind, just kind of tell us, you know, this year, I know it's been a struggle for everyone. You know, one of your your biggest fundraisers um, and, and passions is the golf outing. And it was a little bit different this summer than in years past. And I, I know you've had to curtail a, um, a, a lot of other things. So you, what have you done this year? What are you doing a little bit differently? And, and you know, and what's the, the impact that, you know, this whole thing has had on you guys. Yeah, the last couple of years have actually been really interesting. We go back and the conversation you and I had last year was about the tax law changes and the impact that that had. So we've, you know, we had some declining donors because of that, some of our larger donors there. So, you know, going back to 2019, we've, we've had a couple of challenging years because we've, we've uh, been, the opportunity to, to fundraise differently or raise money differently has been out there. But the COVID situation has been, nothing more than a nightmare from a from a nonprofit perspective. And I think I'm speaking from every nonprofit out there because we're so event driven in a lot of these these components and, and the work that we do is personal one to one when we're working with cancer patients, right? So you think about the fundraising side, I, I can't get together with somebody. That's a challenge, right? Because then I'm just asking them to give me straight money and there's not necessarily anything to it. So it's really the good hearted spirit that, that that folks want to do there, which there's a lot of people out there that can do that, but you know, we've seen significant market fluctuations this year, unemployment's going down. So you, you factor all the stuff in there. It's really hard to say, let's throw an event. We know that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but it's going to be okay. Uh, so we paused a couple of events, but we did have our golf outing this year. And historically, our golf outing is a morning flight, an afternoon flight, and then a concert, a private concert in the evening. And our team struggled 
to do it. We do the golf outing in August. So it was kind of at the point where COVID was picking up and you, you saw some, some cases count, you know, rising and the government making decisions to share is you know, group sizes of this are permitted and you can do this. And, you know, you just didn't know what to do. We made the decision to do an afternoon golf flight because it's outside. We talked with the golf course there. We had some social distance practices in place. We provided hand sanitizer. We gave everybody masks. We limited the indoor interactions there. Uh, we modified our dinner so that people could get it to go. Or we, you know, if they wanted to stay, like we had table space way out and used indoor facilities and outdoor facilities to, to seat them. And then we didn't do a party afterwards. It was like, here's your golf outing. Uh, thanks for coming. You know, we'll see you next year. And one of the ways we actually did it is we flipped how we do our banquet. We used to have a big cell banquet afterwards and we decided to do it outdoors before we went on the golf course. So it was really, you know, it was weird this year because there was no interaction. Our interaction was welcome, you welcome everybody to the event, but we really couldn't welcome them because we couldn't do a welcome line because it then kind of created an unsocially distanced experience there. So it's kind of like, hi, how are you? Here's your card over here. Please go over there and we're going to get started quickly and then get you out on the golf course where you and your peers can, you know, be a part on the course uh, and manage social distance. So it's just, it's been weird. And, and we, yeah, and you just don't know. I mean, we were risky about it, right? So one of the things we didn't do was really promote it through social media. But we talked about it seems like we're going to do the golf outing, but there are no pictures going to be posted for a while afterwards, right? Like, it's like, you know, we monitored, do we have a breakout, right? Did anybody contact COVID there? And we were prepared to then do some contact tracing after the fact. Thank goodness we were blessed where we didn't have any issues there, but it was a real concern. And we, we were really concerned about doing the outing because we weren't sure if we should or shouldn't, right? We, we didn't have great guidance, didn't know what to do, but we, we knew we had to have that event. We wanted to keep the experience going on because we were fearful that if we didn't do it this year, A, it would have a huge financial impact on the organization. That's the largest fundraiser that we do. And B, if you miss a year, which you hadn't done, ever right we've done a 17 year run like what happens next year do people come back do they remember it like we had some real hard conversations yeah yeah well you know and and leanne and i were we're talking about it actually during the event um you know with the thomases uh you know that was our our bubble our foursome anyways so uh, but you guys really did a good job the social distancing you know the logistics involved i mean normally the logistics it's amazing how you guys pull it off anyways but to see how you were able to do it and and you know Remain within the and the guidelines and the rules and keep everybody safe. It was um, uh, it, it was pretty amazing uh, and it was different for sure. But um, yeah, <laughs> but you know we enjoyed it. We yeah we we it, Leanne and I are our force and we play value golf. So we definitely got our <laughs> well, <laughs> our donations worth. <laughs> value golf might have been the best thing to do this year, right? Given all the the restrictions we've been under. <laughs> Make the most of it, make the most of it, you know, so. We always usually get that award that you give out to the one with the highest score. Yeah. So just so everyone, so the, the trophy that we got our first year was, uh, everyone got a calculator, a very large calculator because <laughs> our score was so high. You needed one to add up all the holes. If you've not been that, you've, you've defended it well and you've let other people win it. So that's the positive. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm a giver. I'm a no, giver. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> well, it, 
how did it end up? How did the golf outing end up for you guys? Was it? Yeah. Uh, was not it a just, success? Yeah. Somewhat. Because I know there, there were a lot more people that wanted to participate, but Correct. it was capped. So, you know, that was kind of a give and take, you know? Yeah. So the pleasant news is that we filled out the golf outing. We actually had uh, 144 would be two foursomes per hole. And we were over 144. And we intentionally did it there. I think we had 156 golfers, if I recall correctly. So a couple extra holes had three on there. But we weren't sure if people were even going to come. So we were grateful that uh, people came and we sold out the event. From a financial perspective, it was, I mean, it was what we wanted to do. Well, number one, goal number one was have the event, right? We knew if we had the event, we wouldn't lose money. So it was have the event and raise some money. From that perspective, it was good, but fundraising for sponsorships was really hard. And we actually talked. One of the things that we talked about uh, very intentionally this year with, with our board was our sponsors have been great to us throughout the years. We've always promoted them. But our sponsors, you know, from a business perspective, need us more this year than they ever have in the past. So we softballed reaching out and asking for, for sponsorship and share that we were doing the, the events. But what we did is in, in, in some stuff we even didn't, we chose not to go to like some of our restaurant partners in the past. But what we did is we, we acted as if they gave us money this year and promoted them all the same and talked about that. And those that gave, we, we bumped up a little bit and put them in a different tier to you know, make sure we highlighted them above all the other ones there to not give it, you know, balanced equity there. But we've really tried to promote them because, you know, without without them, we wouldn't be where we're at. And now the tables have kind of been flipped around. It's like, what can we do to help them? How can we drive business back to them and get the, give them value uh, because they've helped us grow over time and, and helped so many people over the years. So um, we, we had some. Well, that's pretty awesome. It is a family community that you have around with your sponsors, everybody that is involved with Families for Your Cure. You've, I mean, you've touched our lives um, in many ways, all of us, uh, just by watching what you've done in the community. So I, I can easily um, see how it, it's always been a mutual relationship between those that are sponsors and those that are, um, you know, part of this, this uh, community and that you've, that you've uh, effectively um, created here with Families for a Cure. It's really incredible to have watched and been part of it. Um, but again, now we're in a position where we've, yeah. we want um, to bring a little bit more attention to the fact that, you know, all, all, you know, Families for a Cure and, and all, all charities, but, you know, especially the, the community-based ones, because I know that you, uh, a, a lot of your efforts are with a lot of the, the local charities. I mean, you know, you guys, just so everyone knows, you are a registered 501c3. And, and really what that means is you're registered with the IRS as a nonprofit. Um, you're right here in, in Hilliard, Ohio, and you truly are a community-based charity. You, um, you live here, um, you work here, and what's really cool about you guys is that you're volunteers. Um, you, Shannon, and everyone that sits on the board, you know, all the money with the exception of the website, keeping the lights on, um, you know, and those kind of things, you know, all the money goes right back to the, the families that you're trying to help, right? That is correct. So we really try to be very efficient with what we're doing and how we spend the dollars. Um, the bulk of the work that we do is event-based. So, you know, when we run an event, there's obviously costs to that. But outside of that, our, our administrative costs are pretty low uh, comparatively. Um, and it's just the way that we're structured. And we've talked about 
modifying that structure. That may be part of the long-term growth plans there as we, we continue to think about the legacy and as the board rolls off, like what's next. Some of that may have to change, but today it's honestly volunteer run. And so we, we try and string it all together on, on a very tight budget. Well, and that, and that speaks volumes for, for, you know, you guys and all community, you know, based charities, because you're, I mean, you, you do it because you have a passion um, and your volunteers on top of everything else that you're doing, coaching, um, you know, raising your own family uh, and taking care of your own family's needs. You know, you're trying to help others out there. So um, in, in this year, uh, it, because you're event driven and, um, and, the demands are the demands the same this year as they have been in the past? Are they a little bit higher? Have you noticed a change? A hundred percent noticed a change. So the one thing I didn't share that you asked about the golf outing there. And so going into the golf outing, we had committed seventy thousand dollars of grants to local partners, and that does not include any one off so we would do through our own house in Orlando Wood patient experience grant. So starting out the year, we had committed we it was it, you know, in true 2020 fashion, everything's ironic. We modified our grant process this past year so that we interviewed organizations at the beginning of the year in January, and we committed to funding programs. We did the vote and vetted it, and for the most part, I think 90% of those that came in there, we voted and approved grants that day. A couple of them we had to go back and more information and more details about there, but come January, we had committed to writing $70,000 worth of checks. Come March, it's like, wait a second, we can't do our 5K? Well, how are we going to do sponsors? You know, June, June rolls in there. Uh, should we have a golf outing? If we don't have a golf outing, like, how are we going to raise money? We've started to write checks to organizations. Right now, we're spending our reserves because we have no revenue coming in. And at the golf outing, one of those things that we looked at there, I looked at was like, all right, we've got $70,000 of expense rolling out. Like, how do we raise $70,000 at a golf event where you can't do, you're limited as to what you can do? Can you even do that? Because the golf outings we talked about is the biggest event when we roll in our sponsorships, which sponsorships apply to all of our events, but that's the flagstone event, and that's what we have in an auction, like I mentioned, private concert in the evening, the golf throughout the day, all the contests, the you know, raffles that happen there. It's a big money maker. It, it would clearly, in a normal year, cover those expenses where for the rest of the year, everything else is, is pure profit. Uh, but this year, it was like, all right, we're pushing 50. Great. We're 20,000 in the hole. All right. We're getting closer, right? And so it was, it was a different year because we've never had to think about that. Now, fortunately, uh, I say fortunately because sometimes we do things and we do them really well and they're, they weren't intended to. Over the years, we've been trying to build towards uh, our first goal is to raise a million dollars for the year 2021. So, we did that in 2018, but over the years, we've been putting money away so that when we got to our, you know, a million dollar mark or, you know, year 20, which will be in a couple of years, what kind of splash can we do, right? So we're building a reserve to do something big. And, and the good news is we have a little bit of a reserve. So even if we weren't able to do an event this year, we would have been able to pay those, those grants that we promised at the beginning of the year. Now, financially, we wouldn't have been in an awesome position, but we've been able to hold those grants and we've gone back several years in our savings goals. Uh, so it, it's really our planning in the past helped us get through this year. Um, and then the grace of people has been amazing. The generosity of people has been amazing um, this year, given the entire situation. The fact that we, we've really only been able to do two events. The golf outing was one, and we just did a toy drive, which is not necessarily a revenue generating. It's more of a gift-giving opportunity there um, this last month. And we had a huge outpouring from the community. It's, it's been amazing. 
it's been amazing. So, I mean, we're, we're fourth. That's awesome. I'm, again, I think it's really important that things like, you know, what we're talking about right now, we get that information out there. And I want to make sure that if people want to get a hold of you, Pat, or learn more information, that they can do that. How do they get a hold of you? A couple of key ways. Uh, we have a website that we have information out there and there's a contact us form out there. Our web address is www.familiesforacure.org and Families for a Cure is all one word. Our primary social out, our social media outlet is on Facebook and we have a Facebook page out there. It's Facebook slash Families for a Cure. And then if they want to reach out to me, they can absolutely do that. My contact information uh, by email is patp, P-A-T-P, at familiesforacure.org. I'm happy to have any conversation that anybody would like me for virtual coffee, whatever we're allowed to do these days. But I'm always up for having a conversation about the nonprofit and the work that we're doing. Pat, you, you know, it's so awesome. Um, in, in, you know, I, I know people get tired of me saying this, you know, all the time, especially I, I've probably said it a half dozen times this year on on different podcasts and in speaking engagements. Um, you know, we're all going to have to look back, you know, on on 2020, whether it's six months from now, six years from now, 60 years from now, and really figure out, you know, who who we became during this time period, right? Did, did we, did we help people? Did we encourage people? What did we do to better those people around us and in the community? And it's people like you that are kind of stepping up, um, that, that are really making a, a, a huge difference. So it's times like this that we really need to, to give back for, you know, those that have been fortunate and haven't had the, you know, devastating financial effects or health effects that uh, 2020 has brought to, to kind of do um, what they need to do and, and, and help others. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I appreciate you saying that. We've definitely thought about that. You know, and just, you know, you and I, the, the three of us are talking, but I have to tell you what, we have an amazing board uh, comprised of 10 people that just dedicate their days to working on the nonprofit and thinking through what we can do and providing great guidance to us as we think about, you know, our situation and our opportunities. How do we move forward? How do we sustain, right? It's really been a year of sustaining for us to a degree. So I mentioned we've, we've been fortunate where we, we have the money to, to commit to our, our obligations this year, but it, it gets challenging next year. So how, what do we do in those situations and, and think through that? And our board is amazing. The community of supporters that we have both in central Ohio and beyond the borders. We do have support outside of these borders. It's just, it's awesome to see every time I get a surprise check or anytime I get a, we receive a donation, uh, whether it's from somebody we know or somebody we don't know, it, it puts a, a smile on our face. You know, people are just looking for ways to connect and are willing to still give, even though they may be in a different spot than they were just a year ago. Right, that's that's a true blessing we have. And the toy drive that we had this year, it was the biggest toy drive we've ever had. And the event was not an in-person event; it was a drive-through event. So, we, you know, we collected toys uh, for a couple weeks in December, and we had twenty large moving boxes full of toys, plus a lot of toys that didn't fit into there, and it just packed the back of a, uh, of, a of a moving van. It was it was an awesome sight to see. What a godsend. That, that is awesome. It was a Christmas miracle this year. Yep, it truly is. Well, I uh, again, thank you very, very much for the time today, Pat. But I want to add, charitable planning is a big part of what we do. Uh, and our retirement fitness plan centers around that as well. Uh, how do we 
uh, why don't you explain a little bit about how we help families meet those those charitable inclinations? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways of of doing it to to benefit, um, you know, those organizations, those 501c3s, community based, larger, as well as you know your the your churches is as well. And um, you know, depending on your age, there's there's different strategies. Whether it's a qualified charitable distribution where the funds come directly out of your IRA, um, and so it doesn't count against your Social Security. So um, that's you know, there's a possibility that's not going to be taxed. Um, it's not going to affect your the the means based testing on your Medicare B C and D, and you know our whole thing is look if you have um, a charitable inclination you know you want to give you might as well make the the most of it and use the rules that the IRS has given us and and get the biggest bang for your buck you know and I hate to cheapen it like that but if you can keep more of what you make so that you can give more of what you make you know let's go ahead and do it. Well, if you want Ed's help or you want to learn a little bit more about um, what we do here um, at EGSI, please give us a call at 614-526-4118, or you can reach us at info at egsifinancial.com, or you can visit our website at www.egsifinancial.com. Thanks, Ed. All right. Thanks, Thanks Leanne. Pat, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to catch up with you guys and share what Family Church here is doing. I appreciate your support. Absolutely. Merry Christmas Merry and, Christmas. Uh, you know, a happy and prosperous 2021. Merry Christmas to y'all 2021. Well. Thanks, Thanks so much. <laughs> 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 hey, when was the last time you tested your fitness level? Not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance. Because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.